at Mom Life presented by Kids Dentistry, welcoming new smiles at Kids Dentistry. With safety as their top priority and easy online scheduling for new patients, Kids Dentistry is where healthy smiles grow. Visit kidsdentistry.com. That's dentistry spelled D-E-N-T-I-S-T-R-E-E. Welcome to That Mom Life. I'm Sarah Jordan, and today is the one-year anniversary of the podcast, and this is so crazy to me. Yay! Have someone just clapped. So <laughs> that was me. I didn't realize that I had reached a year, one episode every single week, until I went to type the title of this episode, and I realized it was episode 52. And I was like, I have to do something special. So when I thought back to who are the guests that I would want to hear from again, I wanted to hear from my friends who I know the most, who are the most dear to me, and I brought back my very first guest ever, which uh, fun fact, Emily, you're still the most listened to podcast of the year. So I should send you a fake award, but <laughs> Emily was my very first I'm guest. Listened over and over and over again. <laughs> and then I brought back my dear friend, Maggie and Maggie and I, Maggie and I used to do a podcast together. And then she's, of course, been on my mom podcast. And the one thing that these two have in common is that we all went to elementary school together. And I've known them both for over 25 years. And I, the three of well, I have been friends with both of you. I would consider my entire life, but have separately gotten closer to you guys in my adult life from college on, like reconnected in different ways. So I had to have you guys back. So thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. And congrats. Oh, thank you. So Maggie and I have worked through, I mean, Maggie is a registered dietitian. So she's always been my go-to fitness nutrition guru for all things. Um, Emily and I, she, you crack me up. You're, you're very funny, even via text. You and I go back and forth all together, but you ended up being my first guest last year because I had just come back to work from maternity leave and you helped me. Cause it's like, I forgot how to go back to work as a mom and like, how do I pump and what do I do and how do I eat and what's my schedule? And you laid everything out for me. And it's oddly strange that this week I stopped breastfeeding again. So very full circle moment for well, me right now. Good for you, but also sad. Um, I looked back on my calendar on the way here to try to figure out what day that was that I came to your fancy office and we sat in your fancy recording studio and uh, you were fresh back to work. It was February 28th of 2020. So wow. just before everything changed. I was so cocky. I didn't listen to my um, podcast episode again to refresh for this, but I can only imagine the things I said then versus the things I would say now to myself and how stupid I probably sounded because a month later, the whole world shut down. I will say <laughs> I listened to your episode and I loved it. I thought it was so interesting. I don't remember if you necessarily talked about curtain events but I just thought your whole story was so interesting. So I'd say it's probably still really good. Well, I do know that day um, in particular, my husband was in California. Um, he's in the Naval Reserve. So he was gone. And then I dropped my three kids off at their daycare that we loved and cherished. And then a month later, it shut down and never reopened. Uh, it's still so, not open? Uh, well, they are, they, the provider left that space and they're reopening as a new provider. Uh, but when Kentucky governor shut the child cares down, um, that center got shut down. And so for 16 weeks, uh, my husband and I had no child care consistently. It was just us uh, with our three children. So wow. um, I was just kind of trying to think about it's like the before that happened and the after um, what I, life like, was like. When you did it. I don't know why that makes me, I didn't mean to like get weepy by any means, but when you mentioned like February 28th of 2020 and thinking where we are now, I don't, I barely remember what it was like to not have all of this around us. I mean, clearly 30, over 30 years of my life was like that, but that day when you came in, I'm like, okay, you're my first guest. Let's figure this out. You've got a fun story. You're a prosecutor. You're an amazing woman with a big ass job and, and very important. You've got three kids and you happen to used to be Taylor Swift's violinist when she first started. It's a very intriguing story. And I didn't know what I was doing. That was episode one. <laughs> and yeah. I, all I knew when I started was I wanted the vi a village of moms supporting moms, women supporting women, and ha using other women's stories to help inspire other people or feel less alone, whatever it may do for them, motivate them. And you came in that day, and I remember we talked about your daycare situation and that it was less than two weeks later. I haven't, <laughs> I, I haven't been in that big 
fancy office in a year. March 13th was my last day in my office. That's the last time I recorded a show, not within the walls of my house. Um, and what a year it has been. <laughs> so I, wa- I want to get into that. Over- I know. And never have we needed moms. I know. I mean, Maggie and I feel like I've had so many side conversations. And I think, Emily, I've probably. Yeah. So in true 2020 and 2021 fashion, there is weird um, and wild technology issues, even in our episode that we're trying to do right now. (laughs) This is valid. This is the first time I've had three people on. So I don't know if that's what's causing it. So hopefully that will stop and it'll not lag at all. Cause that's probably what's causing it is the lag. Um, I, Maggie, you and you, you mentioned the, the weight of a mom in the last year. I feel like you've shared articles with me about this, that moms have had to take on such a more challenging role within the last year, more challenging than it was before, because like you just said, Emily, suddenly you're at home, but you still have to work. And now you have all your kids to take care of. And a lot of that weight seems to have fallen more with on moms, I feel in the last year. Yeah. I mean, women in general, moms in general already have to deal with what's called the second shift. We all know what the second shift is. And even though we all probably have amazing husbands, you know, my husband helps as much as he can, but for some reason it falls short of, he doesn't realize the other things that we need to do. I call it the mental load, the constant constant checklist that needs to be taken care of. And now, you know, post 2020, the mental load has just grown exponentially with the things we're having to take on, you know, this entire week with, you know, still the pandemic going on, the snowstorms, not having childcare, we're both working from home. It's just the stress is astronomical for women and the amount of women who have had to stop working or work less in 2020 is outstanding. And when they obviously just as much need the money as before, but you're right. I know, Emily, you were saying there were times where you and Eli would almost have to figure out how to, and Maggie, I think you posted about this this week too. You had to figure out more or less like a tag team schedule. Like I I have to have to have to go to the office and do this. So I'm going to go do this. If you have to do this with the kids and you guys literally had to play a, basically whose job is more important today that needs to take precedence, which is awful as that sounds, but that's literally what it comes down to. Sometimes I have to do this. So you have to do this and you just have to go back and forth, back and forth because Emily, with your daycare shutting down, I remember you couldn't find people to help you. Well, at first, you know, it's like everyone was scared to let anybody into their house. And so, you know, we, I work, you know, in the, courthouse and I'm used to the court proceedings and the formality of going into the courtroom and doing my job there. Um, I remember the first time I did court on Zoom from my son's bedroom and I literally felt like, okay, I'm inviting a set of inmates, you know, people that are incarcerated in our jail into my home because, you know, you kind of look around the background like, what do I not want them to see? Or I don't want them to see where I live or, um, you know, because the lines are so blurred with your job. And then we, you know, I'm doing court and I have my baby and a bouncer down on the ground (laughs) and, you know, Eli's on his call and it was just a wild like time period of like tag teaming back and forth and trying to teach a preschool age child, you know, basic reading skills. I'm not cut out to be a teacher, um, but just trying to do the best you could all alone. Um, It was probably June before we started finding some summer helpers, you know, my work opened back up and I had to go back into the office and I couldn't leave three kids with Eli every day trying to work from home. Um, I couldn't necessarily bring them here because everyone's trying to stay socially distanced and everybody knows that that's impossible for little kids. Um, So just, you know, the idea of like welcoming someone into your home was kind of weird. So it's like, Never has there been a stranger year yet, a year that I've learned more about myself. Um, and that's why I kind of had said when we did that podcast a year ago, you know, the, the questions you asked me and the answers I gave, if you asked me those same questions today, I don't know that I would answer them the same. You know, I should have done my homework and listened to that episode again, too. But then I would have felt like I was like um, grading myself from where I was a year ago. Although imagine the growth. <laughs> 
So I do have that question for both of you. You mentioned that you said you've learned so much about yourself in the last year. That question stands for both of you. What do you think you've realized in the last year? Like to questions as to who you are or how you function or what, what do you think has changed the most then? Um, for myself, and this is kind of something I've always believed, but it really, really became more true for me, um, or affirmed it, I guess, was that at your job, and I want to say I love my job and I love my boss, um, but my boss, um, isn't corporate. She doesn't make all the decisions. Um, at your job, you're extremely replaceable. So you need to be able to figure out how to live and thrive independently. And that's something that I really, really did in 2020 because I was furloughed um, maybe at the beginning of April, I think. And I didn't go back to work until July. So I I really remember being scared. I remember thinking I've never been in a situation where I didn't have income um, or consistent income. I didn't know how the unemployment situation was going to work. Having to fill that stuff out was extremely stressful. Um, And knowing my parents were going through the same thing as well. My dad has never not gone to work a day in his life. And so the fact that my dad's store has actually been closed for the past year and is still closed is so wild to me. Yeah, it's still closed. My dad's waiting patiently for his vaccine because my mom and dad are both over 60 and have different ailments that they need to be mindful of. So um, the past year forced me to grow in my own business, which Sarah, you know that having my own business has always been like my life goal. And my business is actually a telehealth dietitian practice. And lucky for me, telehealth businesses, Zoom type businesses thrived in 2020. So being furloughed was almost a gift because I was able to dive into a business that I love so much because I had the time because I was at home. So instead of sulking and being sad, I really just chose to like embrace the gift of being at home with my son. Um, And it helped me tremendously. And now I am back at work. I will say I love my job. I love my boss. I'm so grateful she brought me back. She called me like the week of my son's second birthday. And she was like, are you ready to come back? And I was like, yes, please take me back. (laughs) Because I, after being home with my husband and son for months at that point, as much as I enjoyed it and was grateful for it, I was back to seeing my patients and my coworkers and having adult interaction, which I know you all can appreciate as much as I do. So I, I really still don't have any. I know, I know, and I'm, I know, uh, but I, I will say, I just, I took 2020 and I made it the best I could. Emily, what about you? I guess that means it's my turn. So, <laughs> I think I learned in 2020 that every line that I thought I had was blurred. So. I had, you know, you would leave work and you would put all your stuff in your purse and you walk out of your office and that's it for work, right? And occasionally I get a middle of the night call or I have to come in and do a search warrant or an officer will call me in the evening when we're eating dinner. Um, But, you know, that was, you know, you kind of unblur that line and, you know, you talk about work and then you go back, okay? And then when you get home, um your home is like your box, right? And your kids fit in your box and your husband fits in the box and uh, that's home, right? And then when everything shut down and I was doing court from my living room and my son's bedroom and um, taking work calls at our kitchen counter while my kids are playing on the floor, um, there were no lines anymore and there were no boxes. Um, It was one big box and you couldn't turn anything off. And you're worried about the people who are going out who have to go out. And I learned, you know, what really the definition of essential is. And as much as we would all like to believe we are essential, we're not necessarily, um, you know, through it all, I learned the most essential people are waste management because they came every week and picked up our garbage and our kids would wave and be so happy to see them because sometimes that would be the only people they would see the whole week other than, um, Eli and myself. So, um, I think the idea that, you know, as moms and parents, you kind of have this box that you put things in and in 2020, like all the boxes broke wide open 
and um, learning how to still maintain some sense of being a good employee and being a good spouse and being a good parent, um, all while things are going on outside that are so outside your control um, and try to keep it all going. And that that was probably something that I will never forget those moments um, where everything was happening and we were just, you know, we're inside our house, but it's all happening all around us. I think that's probably what I learned. I would love to add to that. Um, I can relate to the garbage truck thing wholeheartedly. Sloan looked forward to 11 o'clock every Tuesday for waste management to come through. I even took an extremely cute video of it. And waste management actually brought Sloan a gift because in in his little card said to the kid who waves every week. And it was the sweetest thing. They brought him little waste management toy um, trucks and stuff like that and trash cans. And he still loves it. Um, I just also want to just add to the blurred lines. Like you're so right. Myself personally and my clients still say they feel like they work more now, even though they're not going into the office, they work more because they're, their access is so much re- more readily available. You're expected just to just be online because everybody has the ability to work from home or the people who are working from home, I mean, have that ability to just be able to log on. So people are having, you know, 6 p.m. meetings, whereas before you would never have a 6 p.m. you know work meeting because at that point, everybody should have left the office already. And so I can honestly say like myself and my personal clients are struggling in that regard because they're just like, can I just be home now? Can I please just like not be answering emails at 10 p.m. because I'm just exhausted. And so I know that's a big thing that people are looking forward to as far as going back into work so they can physically leave work. That has been one of my hardest challenges. And I mean, obviously, you two both know me very well, and you know that, but I've got my parents, my grandfather, all high risk. So we've had to be so careful. And our offices have been shut down now since March. There's very few people that go in and out. We are instructed not to go in. We have to get permission when we go in and we have to know where you're going, what you're doing, how long are you going to be there, everything. And the kids have been home. They were home from the first week of March until the last week of January. And I realized after talking to several doctors that this past January, just a couple weeks ago, that um, my dad's doctor, as well as our kid's doctor was like, get him back in school. It was a risk I was willing to take on. It was the first time I'd been willing to take on that risk because for over 10 months straight, I had been at home. My husband got to leave and go to work every day, even though he has so many different anxieties for having to leave the office and being around patients every single day or leave the house. I was, I feel stuck. I feel like a, sometimes a prisoner in my house. And there's been times where I've gone an entire week and I haven't even gotten in my car and I have been inside these walls, which I am blessed to have a big family and the kids are around, they play with each other and they've never once questioned, where are my friends? They have not complained at all. They have been so good, but I get up before the kids every day to start working. So the sun is not out. I'm in my office and then they get up. I get them ready. I get them ready for virtual school or regular school. I go back to work, get the baby up, go back to work. But like as a mom, you see those mental to-do lists. That's the thing that is exhausting because as I'm sitting in my home office or you're working from home or you're on a call, it's like you, you hear them struggling with something over there in virtual school or you hear them getting into something you're not supposed to do, they'll be doing or they're, they're crying and you're in the middle of an important meeting or you're dealing with a client or you're on the phone or I'm recording a show, whatever it may be, like all of these things are going on and you hear it the entire day. So you're checking your email, but then now you're checking your kid's school email to make sure they turned in all of their assignments. And then what's for dinner? Who needs to go shopping? What's going on? I mean, the mental to-do list never end. And you're right. I have my phone on me at all times and I check my email nonstop. I'm bad about that anyway, but I have found even on my days off, sometimes a day off will make me more anxious because I feel like I should be doing something. It has been, I mean, I haven't left the house this week now that I think about it. And it's Friday. I haven't left the house once this week. I have not driven my car. Like it's insane things like that, that I'm like, you guys know, I used to be the person running a hundred miles an hour, going to all these events, going to all of these concerts, doing all of these things, constantly going out to meetings and lunches and dinners, and then hit a wall. When my baby was 
what I went back to work at 12 weeks. So she was four months old was, I guess when I went back, when we got shut back down again, which again, could not have been more of a blessing in that regard. Cause I actually got to see her take her first steps. I actually got yeah. to get rid of my breast pump and didn't use it. Didn't need it. Now she didn't take a bottle and like to sleep on me. And I would literally conduct zoom meetings while breastfeeding my daughter to sleep. And then she would take a nap on me. That was fun. Um, and now here we are fast forwarding into she's running around the house and I stopped breastfeeding. And so they're seeing my kids like that is amazing, but there's this, I, I crave adult attention in such a strong way because while I get to see you two right now, it's not the same. It's not. I mean, I get to talk, but last weekend I was so in my head of where are my friends? I haven't seen my friends. Some of my friends I have not seen physically in a year. Like I can't do this because I came straight out of maternity leave into this basically. So uh, Maggie knows that I and Emily, you and I have talked about this struggling back and forth, which by the way, you guys should become Peloton friends. You both are huge Peloton lovers. Um, I'm finally with the kids back in school. <laughs> well, so like, you. You just got. <laughs> we might already be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I do. You guys will start writing down. I'm obsessed. Um, <laughs> the day the kids went back to school, I was like, I'm going to start working out today and trying to find back that time. Because even today, after the snow days, they're back in school and the house is quiet and the mental relief of being able to focus. That's the thing. No one gets to focus. I mean, hell, two weeks ago, I was in the middle of a meeting with my entire management staff. I hear my mom screaming my name, running through the house, and Maggie had busted her head open because she tripped and fell. And I ran into the Zoom call crying, saying, I have to take Maggie to the hospital, clicked leave meeting, and ran away. And I was like, great. They just, my entire staff just saw me crying, heard baby screaming, mom screaming, talking about <laughs> blood, and I'm running away. And I'm like, welcome to my house. <laughs> I mean, this is where we're at. No, there are no lines anymore. They are all blurred. And I think it's going to be harder and harder for people to make some of those lines back in place, especially for the people that like, maybe they don't want to go back to an office again, or they want a much more hybrid schedule that involves a fluctuation between the two without any judgment of, oh, you're going home today to work from home because your kid's sick. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> I think, Sorry, I just like I word vomited it all over this. you guys, but it's okay. But I feel like we've talked about this before how when you're a working mom, having a flexible schedule is literally essential, but that you don't necessarily want to be on call all the time. So, but I also feel like people struggled before and they're going to struggle now of creating, um, what's the word I'm looking boundaries, people struggle to create oh. boundaries. And that's going to be worse, even now. But I also just want to add to I learned and I used to just envy people who worked from home so much because because I do work in healthcare, healthcare workers don't work at home, your patients aren't coming home with you. Um, and I used to think, man, I bet it's just such a dream to work from home. And now that I've done both, um, now I work from home some days of the week, but my son goes to daycare. Working from home when your kids are home, I almost feel like the FOMO, the fear of missing out is actually worse. Because now when I'm trying to be present with my clients, when I'm trying to do things for the university, I can hear Sloan downstairs playing or crying or when, when my door is locked, he's trying to get into the door screaming mommy and it just like literally breaks my heart because I don't want him to think that I think what I'm doing is more important than him when in reality, it's all important. But when you're physically at the office, you can just like, like you said, Sarah, you can focus, you can have quiet. So when you are finally at home, you can be present with your babies. So that was just like everything you just said made me think of all of the struggles that we've all had in this past year of sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Cause I learned that working from home with a baby is not necessarily the dream. It's, it's really, really not. It's quality over quantity. And I've really, really learned that this year. I've always preached quality over quantity. A pediatrician told me that when I was in the hospital with my first, but Emily, I know that's something you and I talked about was like the, we, we didn't necessarily know a lot of other working moms that had, well, had as many kids or had pumped through the entire thing or pumped over a year and d dealing with all that. But I remember I used to always tell people because the number one question, how do you balance being, how do you balance your job and being a mom? And I was like, you go to work and you work and you go to home and you're a mom. And sometimes you've got crazy stuff going on at work and you have to kind of lean into that. And other times your kids are sick and you lean into that. And now that answer is absurd. <laughs> 
doesn't exist. You are just all of it all the time. And that's the thing. I'm like, you are only a hundred percent. You cannot be more than a hundred percent. And in 2020, that's one of the biggest things I learned is that you have to figure out ways to somehow segment yourself, but have other people, whether that's family, friends, coworkers, employers, understand that there has to be a grace there. And like, if you're at home with your kids and my daughter walked into my meeting yesterday cause she needed her iPad for school. Well, of course she needed her iPad for school. She had to come into the office. Like there's just, there's so many things that have changed in that regard that you, you it's physically impossible to only focus on your job if you're working from home. If your kids are home, if your kids are home. Absolutely. Yes. And that one of the weirdest parts about doing my job or the court specific part is the formality of the court process. And I don't know, I had several friends who are attorneys that were kind of in the same boat as me um, who would appear for calls and do the court and they're be in the middle of a hearing and one of their kids would walk in. I mean, that happened to me the very first day I had court from home. I forgot to lock the door and my middle daughter, Edith, who would have been three at the time came in and she was yelling my name, yelling mommy, mommy, mommy came, sat up on my lap and literally had her arms up above her head when my husband carried her out of the screen. And I remember thinking, what is this world coming to <laughs> But I had other friends who, you know, everybody was just trying to do the best they could. And if kids were on the screen in the middle of the court proceeding, you know, everybody did their best to try to get them out of there. But, um, you know, I think 2020 gave me a lot of grace for other people. And I hopefully gave a lot of other people grace for each other because, you know, it's easy to sit. It was easy for me to sit last February 28th and talk to you about how I thought I was like killing it as a mom. Uh, but now I think, you know, I'm just barely getting by and I'm okay with that. And I think a lot of people would probably say the same thing. And, you know, did I have a lot of crazy things that happened when the world was shut down and I was trying to work from home? Yes. But were there a lot of cool things that I got to see, like what you were saying, Sarah, I watched my son take his first steps. I missed the other two. And I was standing right there. I was actually in, in legit quarantine because we had met our friends for um, dinner and first time we had eaten out and our friend ended up getting COVID and we had to get tested. So we had to go in quarantine in July and we were in our quarantine. And had I have been back at the office, I would have missed it. So I felt really lucky and I know our friends felt really bad because, you know, oh, you, they caused this to have, and that was like early in the exposure, you know, the, they're one of the first people I knew that actually had it. That was our age. Uh, most of the yeah. people early on were my, our parents' age um, and they were so apologetic. And I was like, you know what, if I hadn't had this happen, I would have missed it. You're so right. So you got to find the silver linings. That's exactly how I feel about my whole furlough experience. Was it hard initially? Absolutely. But then I think to myself, I will never get that time back with Sloan. Like I witnessed so much of his life. I've never not been busy. I've never not been juggling 14 million jobs at one time. And so I love that when Sloan was a little bitty and, and Zach too, Zach has a very busy like training and uh, coaching schedule. And so the fact that we were forced to be at home with our little kids was so wonderful. Um, and I also just wanted to add to your point of so much grace because now with all of us being at home doing zoom meetings, I feel like our bosses and our teams realize what our life is really like, you know, it's easy to say, Oh, they've got kids, whatever. They're just leaving to go do mom things that are, you, you can assume are easy if you don't have children. But now all of a sudden people who don't have kids or people with kids can actually get a taste of what someone else is going through on a day-to-day -day basis where it's easy to kind of just like block that out when you're in the office. No, it, it definitely is. And I know I struggled more than anything going back to work with Maggie. And then I only had to go back to work for about a month. And then I was back home <laughs> getting to experience all of that. Um, 
which is absolutely incredible. And now she is a little stink and she's very mischievous and she's hilarious. And I've gotten to see every single step of the way, which like you said, Emily, I've never, ever, ever been able to see, which speaking of being able to see Emily, you gave yourself a photo project last year that you started that you kept up with for over 200 days straight. I should have looked. I think it was like 270. So when the first day that our daycare closed, they, you know, they announced kind of, I think on a Tuesday that all group childcare was ending in Kentucky. And even though we live in Indiana, my husband worked in Kentucky. So Kentucky was where our childcare was, um, was ending that Friday. Friday was the last day. And then it, it originally said two weeks. So I, I thought, okay, well, my first instinct is what we're going to do. What are we going to do? And, um, I, my kids are were little at the time. They're so little, five, three, and I had a seven month old. I think when everything started shutting down, um, and I started, I gave myself a hashtag like I'm some kind of influencer, and started stumblers in quarantine. And every day I posted a picture and I started it because I knew at the end of all of it, which again, I thought it was going to be two weeks to start with. So never bite off more than you can choose because it might last forever because it really felt like it did. did. Uh, I posted a picture, said a little bit about what we um, had done that day. And I was, my intention was, and what I did with it is at the end of the, I ended it on midnight at 2020. Um, going into 2021, um, I made a book for my kids so that when they're older and because this is part of their history now, um, when they're in high school, they'll learn about 2020. Um, I don't know what what will be in the history book and what will be left out, but certainly I anticipate, you know, my youngest Elmer coming home from high school and saying, Mom, what, what happened the year that the world shut down? And I made a book for them. And so that way they can see that they did have fun. Um, we married off their stuffed animals. We had a wedding um, with a cake and an officiant. That was my favorite, like probably my favorite thing we did. But, um, you know, some nights we would just sit and watch them ride bikes in the driveway. And, um, you know, what you, what I realized this year is sometimes and always and forever, the inside of your four walls of your home are what's most important. And you can strip everything away. You know, I know, Sarah, you go to lots of concerts and those things stopped. Um, our church <coughs> began Facebook Live when they shut down group and group church services. Um, literally everything we did was inside the four walls of our home. And I wanted my kids to remember it in a great way. Um, because, you know, when they get older, who knows what the history books will say about 2021 or 2020. Please don't repeat 2021. Be like 2020. <laughs> well, there are so much to unpack in the year of 2020. You're right. I have no idea what it will end up being written for, how it came to be, how it got to as bad as it got, how it didn't stop, how it affected the globe, not just our nation. And then coupled with that in the last year, you also had the largest civil rights movement I've seen in my lifetime, I feel like, um, with the Black Lives Matter movement, the protests in our backyard, um, a a uh, presidential election where I'm not going to get political, but I'll just call it a presidential election unlike any other that we have ever seen before. I mean, there are so many things that I actually am completely thankful that my kids hopefully won't remember some of the things that went on this year. They were blissfully unaware for the most part of what was going on. All they knew is that I was home and they had grandma and papa helping them with school and they weren't leaving very much, but we were playing outside all the time. We were swimming all the time. We were hiking, we were in the garden and then it got cold. And But now we've, we're playing in the snow and I'm getting snow days with the kids. So, and I'm out there sledding too. And that's all they really have known. And that's all I hope that when they look back on it, yes, they will learn all of the other things that were going on around them. But luckily we had these four walls to protect them from all of that. And an innocent childhood is the best gift you can give to your children. Truly. Because um, in the line of work I'm in, I see kids who are stripped of their innocence so young. And the ability to have a quarantine that was we call it the magical days of quarantine uh, where we had nothing 
to do but marry off our stuffed animals and bake cakes. Um, a lot of kids didn't get that. Um, some of the kids I work with in, on a daily basis, uh, prepping for trials or, um, you know, that I encounter in my line of work, their quarantines may not have been so happy. And knowing that I was able to give that gift to my kids, regardless of the workload, you know, with my work or the home workload, um, that's something that I will always cherish. You're right. I, I mean, I have nothing to th- add I know other that this- I love both of those <laughs> perspectives. <laughs> it's amazing because I consider the three of us similar. Um, and then I we, like when I'm listening to both of you talk, I'm like, our perspectives are so different while all going through the same thing. And yes, similar. But um, Emily, you do have an, an insanely difficult job. And I don't know how you do what you do and then separate yourself back out and keep on trudging along. So thank you um, for what you do and especially helping out those kids who may not be having the quarantine of marrying stuffed animals and frolicking outside that other kids may have. And um, it's, you guys have much more noble jobs than mine. (laughs) So the least that I can do is bring you on and at least have you guys talk and hear your perspectives. And obviously I love just seeing you both because I love you dearly. And um, Emily, I know you've been one of the biggest supporters of my podcast because you always jokingly call me or call yourself my number one fan. Um, and Maggie, you've always been one of my biggest supporters just in general. You've always pushed me and pushed me and pushed me in the best ways. And not just because I'm like getting advice for you on like, how do I lose weight? Oh, stop eating nachos in bed. Got it. Um, <laughs> not, not stuff like that. But you've always just been one of those people that you know me in a different way than a lot of other people do as far as like my drive and what makes me tick and even heck even talking about you and I doing business ventures together and stuff like that. So as we move into, I guess, year two of that mom life, is there anything you guys or anybody in particular or any line of work or anything that you guys would want to hear more about or that you found that in the last year you were particularly not necessarily inspired by, but intrigued by of any sort? I know personally, I'm extremely ex- um, excited to listen to your podcast on Buse brand for I, this is the woman who created professional looking dresses for women who pump at work because I know I had to physically get completely undressed numerous times to pump at work because dresses and blouses aren't made for pumping. Um, but the fact that she has done a complete turnaround and said, you know what, I'm going to focus my new brand on scrubs being that I'm a person who has to wear professional clothing and scrubs. I cannot wait to see like how her business grows and how her episode does on your podcast. Um, and I'm just excited to see how people really start to appreciate first line workers and just the medical facilities in general, because they do so much. I want, I need to find for me, we're cutting off each other. That's, that's the side effect of the pandemic. uh, Zooming. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) So I have listened to every single episode of the podcast. Um, In the beginning, I was listening to it as I would drive to work. And then when the work shut down, I would uh, listen to it while I folded laundry And sometimes I would have like multiple weeks that I would be catching up on, uh, but I've listened to all of them and it's been so fun to hear people's stories, you know, just through this year. So like the idea of what you created this to be was moms being a village and the idea of like you being able to do a zoom type i know this isn't the we're not using zoom as our format but everything is zoom to me when you're (laughs) when you're on the internet um being able to zoom your podcast like we are right now from each in different locations a year ago though it was possible that probably wouldn't have been your preferred method of doing your podcast so being able to expand your group of people that you would interview by using, you know, this type of virtual platform has allowed you, you know, I just listened to the lady from last week, Brooke, who sounds like she lives in Seattle. So 
Um, the idea of being able to talk to people as if you're sitting next to them, but you're not. Um, I think one is like one of the good things of the pandemic, uh, but also it has allowed me to hear the story of not only people in our local area, but so many other people that you have connected with a lot of them through your work, which has been really cool. It, it, I never intended to do this from home. Well, even virtually, because I would much rather be able to sit and see you face to face and chatter. Um, and I think I did, I pre did three people maybe in the office. And then when I got shut down, the media realm is a very small realm. It really is. And so like Brooke, the girl you're talking about, but um, between my company owning stations across the country and just having friends that have either worked here, moved on to other markets, and then friends from college, and then colleagues I've met just along the way. Actually, Maggie got a chance to meet a lot of my colleagues. She went to Napa with me one time, where I met a lot of those people. But we all started helping each other. So when we all got shut down, I was talking to my friend Fallon, who's in Minneapolis, Market 16. She also has a very popular podcast. And her and I were texting each other and we were like, how do we do this? How do we podcast? What are you using? What am I using? And then she would send me something and we were like, no, we don't like that one. Let's move over to this one. So we all had to figure out how to do our jobs differently. But just because we got sent home, we still had to stay on the radio every single day. We still had to maintain our podcast. We still had to figure out how to make money and do business. And so not only were we just helping each other out in our building, but like I reached out to my radio friends across the country to figure out how do we do this? And it's just funny because it didn't even matter. We were all just kind of part of one big group and force trying to figure out how to function and move and bring money back. And because of course, right when everything hit, I mean, everything was a mess and you're right. We thought we'd be home a week. And then I remember sitting in a promotions meeting and my boss was like, what are our promotions coming up? And I'm like, nothing, there's nothing to do. Everything got taken away. And he was like, then make something. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Let me just redo everything. Um, and that's been the story of the last year. And I know you guys know this too. It's like, you knew how to do your job prior, but then in the last year, you probably had to figure out how to do your job differently almost every single day. And I do think on a non-personal, but more professional level, a silver lining, thinking back, look at how much we all had to teach ourselves the technology that everybody had to learn. Like we all had to learn new programs. We had to get new pieces of equipment. We had to suddenly like you for court had to overcome how much to figure out how to still keep the formality and the legality behind what you were doing. And it was still law. And so, I mean, I'm also insanely impressed. There is no way we all know you get a new program at work and everyone is like stalling. They don't want to install the program. They rely on the other people who learned it first. They're like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. But everyone was in that boat and we all did it. I mean, just the fact that we did have virtual school, the teachers and the school systems, what they had to figure out. Good God. I mean, I am so impressed because like people are so resilient to change and we all, if you wanted to survive, make money and maybe thrive, you had to do it. You had oh, yeah. to put it. And I am so blown away by what we are capable of doing. And I just had someone ask me yesterday, they were like, are you seriously just, is that where you do your show? Is that where you're at every day? And I'm like, I'm just me sitting in my little <laughs> office. I've been for a year. I don't, I don't even realize anymore that I'm talking to how many people every day. It's just, I'm in my office. I'm at home. The kids are banging on the door. I have to lock it. And you're right. I have a sliding barn door right there. No one can see me pointing to it, but you guys can. And so I'll see Maggie's little hand. She'll literally slide her hand in. I can see just little fingers and she'll be like pulling on it, pulling on it. And I'm like, Oh my God. And someone will be like, what's that noise? Nothing, nothing. Tiny babies. Trying nothing, to sneak in. Nothing. Nothing at all. So I am super impressed by everyone's ability to do that. But yes, Emily, my really long answer to what you were talking about this podcast in a year of craziness where I had nothing to gain from as far as like financially or anything from this mentally, this became my most rewarding thing throughout the year. Cause it was some of my favorite adult long form interaction I got with people every week. And then it's formed to this web. So everybody has connected to everybody in some way. Very rarely am I blindly reaching out to somebody that I don't know in some way, or it's not like, oh, hey, I know you because Maggie introduced me, or I know you because we work with each other, or 
I talked to somebody and she gave me the name of somebody else. I was talking to the uh, speech pathologist and she gave me the name to the sleep trainer. It has suddenly created such an amazing web of people and women who are now passing along so that I can reach out and connect the dots again. And so for me personally in this year, yes, I would like to do some in person, but like I want to continue expanding that web and bringing in people that, are not all local because I want people across the country not to feel like we're talking all inside jokes because we all grew up here. I want to make sure that it is a perspective that's around. So my goal is to be able to spread out a little bit and have those people that I've connected with from across the country to send me other people from across the country and continue to support the people here. I mean, I lay in bed at night all the time and I'm like, how do I find somebody? I need somebody. And so, I mean, the amount of times I just blindly reach out to people on Instagram though. And I'm like, Hey, you don't know me, but Maggie knows you or so-and-so. And And I'm like, want to be on my podcast? Um, (laughs) It seems (laughs) rather ridiculous, but that's really how I get people the most. And then there are times that people bail on me. And then I've got people like Maggie in my back pocket that I'm like, if any time I need her, I'm sure she'll come back on. Um, So I have like those people too. (laughs) So you guys have both just been such amazing supporters. And Emily, I've loved your feedback this entire time. And when you message me and you're like, oh, I subscribe. Oh, I saw the episode or you'll start texting me about somebody that's happening. Or sometimes I'll text both of you. I'm like, listen on Monday. I just talked to this girl. Just wait. It has to do with this, this, and this. And I get so excited. Um, and I actually have episodes pre-recorded for the next couple of weeks. And I put them aside because I needed to bring you guys back in. And I wanted to have two people that were the most familiar to me to celebrate one year. And I don't want to keep you guys any longer because Emily, you're sitting in your office and you're very important. Um <laughs> Imagine not that you're not. I do have one question for you. Please. Can I ask you a question? Always. What did you learn in this one year of doing this podcast? Oh, about myself or about podcasting? (laughs) All of it. (laughs) Everything. Um, I have learned more than ever that I am enough. And I, I seem to have a flashy job in uh, some people's minds, but I mean, if you know the behind the scenes, it's not what it, it's not like that. Um, but when all of it was taken away and when my office was taken away by not being able to go to the office and I'm not getting my hair and makeup done and I'm not doing those things, um, And half my staff got taken away and I was left standing alone to take on the brunt of all of it for my entire company in my here locally that I am enough and I can do it. Um, And I've been doing it. And in times where I might not have been confident about something somehow in the last year, I feel more confident than ever in what I do and who I am. I've also learned that, um, mental health is incredibly important, which I know Maggie and I talk about all the time. And she pushes me to help me find that for myself too. But I put myself on the back burner. And um, I, I talked about this with some other people too, but I reference myself in third person from the past a lot. Like old Sarah used to do this or Sarah at work used to do this or Sarah of only two kids used to do this. And by me doing that, I have realized that um, that's because the current Sarah, I don't know 100%. I am still trying to come out of postpartum. I didn't get to come out of postpartum and go back to work and try to find myself again. I just was stuck at home and I, I, I feel like I have been stuck there for a year and I haven't moved past postpartum yet. And I really want to figure out who that Sarah is. And, um, that's been kind of unnerving to realize that I don't know hundred <laughs> percent, like who I am fully like moving out of this and moving out of hopefully the pandemic and being a mom of three and Maggie and I have had great lengths talking about what could be called even like the sixth trimester of when you're rediscovering. But I mean, even just ending breastfeeding that I, when I'm doing that, I'm, I'm, I'm for somebody else. I'm not for me. And I, you, Emily, you and I have mom of three. We've spent a lot of the last 10 years having our moms or having our body be for somebody else, um, which is the best, most amazing reward and most epic thing I've ever done. But it leaves me wondering, okay, now what's for me? 
So my goal in 2021 is figuring out me again. Whereas in 2020, I was on pause. Uh, my function was to raise my three children, keep them learning something. Um, <laughs> even when it was a struggle to figure it out, raise the baby, feed the baby, keep my company afloat and keep forging forward and new ways to do my job. And that's all I could focus on. I wasn't there. I, I, that's, I was not there for me. So I know that's a really long answer about that, but I've also learned that my podcast is exactly what I've wanted it to be in the last year. Looking back on it, it did what I wanted it to do. Um, even when I went in in our first episode and we had no idea what two weeks later would hold by any means, good God, how could you predict that? Um, or believe that it would be true, but it's exactly where I wanted it to go. The guests and watching it snowball in ways to meet other people has been more than I could have ever imagined. And it has fulfilled me in a way of finding people that are like-minded or feeling not, feeling not alone myself, feeling not crazy at times, um, talking to teachers, talking to principals, talking to doctors, talking to coworkers of mine who are uh, black single mothers raising two black sons in the middle of the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, it gave me the perspective I needed throughout the year when it was happening in real time. And it kept me grounded to know that <laughs> keep going, keep going, or someone else's life is harder or appreciate what you have, whatever it may have been. I mean, it, I was able to stay in touch with so many different things. So my next step is 2021 is hopefully not always working from home. I still kind of like working from home, um, especially when the kids aren't here, but I would like to see other people again and my coworkers that I've worked with for 14 years that I suddenly don't see at all. Um, that's weird. Um, and I would like to see you guys for <laughs> so much. Yeah. I mean, that would be amazing <laughs> to actually see friends. Still, what would that I'm be like? Still like <laughs> I've thrown out the idea of a retreat, like every single person you've had on your podcast, the idea of just planning a fun retreat for this to celebrate it would be fantastic. That, and I think Emily, you said that to me at one point because you were like, you should do a, a party and invite all of the guests because you've said that you end up probably following some of the guests that I've had because you're intrigued into their, your sto their story. You want to continue to follow them. And I would love to be able to do that. And I've mentioned that to some of my coworkers. I'm like, when this starts breaking free a little bit and more and more people are vaccinated, I want to be able to do some sort of gathering or a retreat would be really fun, like a girl's weekend type of situation. Um, but if nothing else, at least a, a night of something. So that would be a for sure goal of 2021 too, as soon as it's safe enough to gather that many people and be able to hang out. But in the meantime, onward ho, but thank you ladies for always being my, um, little beacons of light, whether it's <laughs> chitter chattering about crazy things going on, um, in our lives, being a mom, being at work, whatever it may be growing up in a small town and you're still in a small town dealing with small town. Um, <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> You two get it. You know me. You know my family. And I couldn't think of anybody else I'd rather have with me on the one-year anniversary. Congratulations. Congrats. We're so happy for you. I love you guys. We love you too.